Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Uh, now, before we begin, this last week has been awful for many of us, and but for others, it's been awful for much, much longer. And Jack and I are just a couple of white dudes, so we're not going to share our takes or opinions on the way things are right now, nor should we. This country doesn't need that right now. Our, our country's history is full of white guys just sharing their takes and opinions. And in, instead, we're just going to encourage our listeners to do just that. Listen, if you're friends with a person of color, ask them how they feel. Let them tell you without interjecting. Show love, compassion, sympathy, because many of us can't show empathy. But above all, just show that you're listening and because there's a lot of angry people in the world right now. And when someone is angry, it's best to listen. I, I don't know what religion you are, but there is a, a verse in the Bible, James 1.19, that implores everyone to be quick to listen, slow to speak. And I think the en entire country could use that right now. So with that said, hopefully this podcast can bring a little levity, laughter, and tighten talk into your day. And I just kind of want to echo that because that was beautifully said, but I'll just add on. It is a time where we all need to be understanding. We need to listen. We need to self-educate. And we need to fix this and fight this in the ways that we can. So with that being said, I'm Jack Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry. My partner, Austin Huff, is on Twitter at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Pod at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. As always, follow A to Z Sports on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter for all of your Tennessee sports needs. Yes, and we have got a really fun sewed for you. And I, again, I I kind of just gloss over that line every single week, but this week I mean it. It's a fun sewed because Big Joe Dubin, Uncle JoJo of News Channel 4 joins us. And if you know JoJo, you know this will be fun. If you don't know him, well, Buckle up, because Joe is awesome. He's he's essentially uh, a modern-day Chris Farley. Also on today's show, you might not believe this, but Clowny Watch 2020 continues. Um, we'll have an update there. We've got great hypothetical for you. Uh, of course, we're going to end with a Remember the Titan, and we've got some of your emails. But before we get to Tuppin, let me talk to you about TennesseeTickets.com, the only place to trust with your money on the secondary ticket market. Here's a fun tidbit for you, because uh, <laughs> who doesn't love a fun tidbit? 100% guaranteed money back you get if games are canceled. So if you get your tickets through TennesseeTickets.com and, you know, the NFL is like, oh, you know what, COVID, or, up, oh, you know what, we're just going to cancel the season because that's the way everything's going in 2020. TennesseeTickets.com will say, we'll give you all of your money back. We're not going to give you a gift card or like a store credit or anything like that. They're giving just straight up cash back. They've got great prices, free tailgates, food and bar for all Titans home games. That's, of course, if you know there are fans in the stands this year. But awesome customer service as well, and you're supporting local business. So use code TITANS20 for $20 off Titans tickets. And when you do, make sure you tell them A to Z Sports sent you. And with that said, 
Let's Talk Tight. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, you flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is June 3rd, 2020. And now, over the last few weeks, we've started the show with a Clowny Watch 2020 update. And even though, even on weeks when there's been literally no update, and it's been a fun shtick, um, but honestly, it's kind of run its course a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. What? What's that? Bleacher Report just buzzed my phone. Oh, what's up? The Clowny Watch continues. You've got to be kidding me. Clowny Watch 2020 continues. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Well, forget everything I said. There is an update this week. Clowny Watch is still going on. He it still hasn't so picked a team. Oh, my oh. God. I can't believe Of You know what? We we couldn't have prepared for this. This was something that we couldn't have prepared for. I don't. It, you, and sometimes in this game, you, you get blindsided by news and breaking news and updates like that during a podcast. Yeah, but you just nothing could have prepared us for that moment right there. We, you know, we are the consummate professionals, so we will continue on. But it's going to be hard. I like where our focus is elsewhere throughout this entire podcast, mm-hmm. and that is that is on the fact that Clowny Watch continues. Uh, as we try and process this news, I, I should share with you that our podcast feed is moving. The podcast isn't going anywhere. We'll continue to give you the greatest Titans talk every single week. Well, okay, maybe like we're at least like maybe like the third or fourth best Titans talk. Uh, but definitely better okay. Titans talk than Jonathan Hutton. Oh, without question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Wherever funny. Jonathan Hutton is, we're at least 10, 10 slots higher in the rankings than him. But where, wherever we're slated, don't worry. The podcast isn't going anywhere. The podcast feed is. It's moving over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. So if you're on Apple or Spotify or wherever, find that feed. You, you'll be able to find it on um, A to Z Sports social media, Twitter, um, on A to Z Sports website. You'll be able to find it all there. But the podcast feed is switching. You'll have a few weeks to make the switch. We'll be on kind of a our, our podcast will be on both feeds for the time being. Um, for a couple of weeks, but in a couple of, I, I want to say two weeks, maybe we'll be solely on a different feed. So if you're looking for us and you can't find us, that's where we are. So it's kind of be similar to the process, how the Titans are going to work Isaiah Wilson into the offense, right? You're going <laughs> right. to, you're going to roll with Dennis Kelly, what you've had for a couple right. of weeks, but eventually you're moving in the newer, the maybe better, the more exciting podcast feed or right tackle. That, you know that's a that's a brilliant analogy put forth yeah. there by by the young Jack Gentry. Um, all right, well, with all that said, we don't want to put it put this off anymore because we love this guy, Joe Dubin, News Channel Four joins us, and we we get into some great Titans talk and some stories from all his years covering the team. You it, you're not going to want to miss this. This is going to be awesome. So uh, yeah, here's Joe Dubin. Play no games. We about to like this thing here up. Guys, I am so thrilled for this week's guest. He is one of the greatest, dare I say, humans of all time. Uh, He's a sports anchor, reporter for WSMV Nashville News Channel 4 on your side. He is a three-time Emmy winner. And according to LinkedIn, his top skills are video production, public relations, media relations, and social media. 
But I'm calling BS because we all know that the biggest skill is his heart. And I'm not sure if that's due to his excess love for people or just due to the number of times he eats the Fazoli's in a given week. You might say he's the guy who went to the same high school as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but you would be wrong because Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the guy who went to high school with him. He is Joseph The Rock Dubin. Joe, how are you, dude? Thank you, buddy. That's probably the best introduction I've I've ever had in my entire life. So thank you for that. So if you could copy and paste and send that to me, that I could send it to my bosses at Channel Four, I'd appreciate that. Well, this is the this is this is actually just word for word what you sent me uh, prior to the interview to read off before you went on. So. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, do you want it back? Is it is that? No, that's good. I got okay. it saved in my Google Docs. We're good. Joe, Joe, how are you? Uh, how 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 is life amidst um, just the world being set on fire right now? It is. Uh, it's a crazy. You know, we had the tornado in first of March, which destroyed oh, my. Oh, son's oh, school. oh, was that this year? <laughs> was that the same year? Right. <laughs> so it, it ripped my school son apart. My my son's school apart, destroyed it. Uh, and so, the two weeks later, we had the coronavirus. Everybody had to stay at home, and then. All of a sudden, it's happened the last week. It's just, it's awful. It's crazy. And I hope we come out on the other side better for some reason. I hope we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hope so as well. And from the pictures that you put out on Twitter, your your old Twitter account, has, what has happened to it? Has it hijacked? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where so, is Ed Big Joe on the go? That's really the only reason we brought you on today is we want to know so where Big Joe on the I, go. I like to follow a myriad of people because I, I like to, I love to read. I love to read articles. I love to read. So one day I followed like eight accounts, like six conservative, two liberal accounts. I like to read everything. And then like 10 minutes later, I get a note that my account, the old Ray-Ban account where they send out Ray-Bans, seen that? Oh, I get yeah. an email from Twitter that says, hey, your account's been hacked. You need to change your password. I password. I go to my phone, change the password there. As I'm changing my password on my phone, they send an email to the same account they just sent a minute earlier and said, we don't recognize this email. And I said, you just sent me an email to change my password. So then I got on one, I got on some Reddit thread about all this, and they're on some sort of tangent about if you're verified under 25,000 followers, they are blocking you or hacking you or something. So I'm done. It says you can do everything you want. You will not get that account back. So I'm done. That account, oh that, that account is drifting aimlessly like the Titanic somewhere. Just going right to the bottom. I add the Ray-Ban, add the Ray-Ban scandal of 2020 to the list of disasters <laughs> yeah. for this year. Yeah. Oh. So you get, you know, you get on Reddit, you can find anything out. There was this thread of thousands of people talking about how the same thing had happened to them. They were verified. And I didn't tweet anything. I didn't tweet one thing. It just said that you followed too many accounts. I was like, too many accounts? I only followed like 2,000 people. That was it. Then I was done. One so, day that account is going to be unearthed by archaeologists and just <laughs> discovered as just like some ancient scribes. <laughs> and so here's how it was in 2020. <laughs> yeah, so it's gone. So I got, I got a new one. But here's the deal. I got a new one. I love breaking news. I love following breaking news. and seeing what's happening. So when I was, when my Twitter got hacked, that's when we had the derecho, the tornado that came through my neighborhood and knocked power out for four days. So I couldn't get on Twitter 
and see what was happening, what was going on. So I created a new account just so I could have uh, get the information from the police, the power companies, people in the neighborhood. And so there, that's, I mean, I've got like 400 followers and I'm good. I'm good with that right there, man. At Big, Big Joe jokes. on the go TN, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. Speaking of Ray-Bans, while we're on the topic of sunglasses, um, a little birdie told me that you are a man who has a, a pretty wide collection of sunglasses, including some women's sunglasses. Is this yeah. True? Is this true? So, all right. So I've got readers, right? So if you can see in readers, in readers, you have their, you know, they're magnified like 1.5, 1.7. Well, sunglasses at the bottom, you can still see, I can see, I've got 20-20 vision outside my hand. But up close, it's not so good. So you put on the sunglasses. At the bottom, you can see through your phone or write something. So you can't find reader sunglasses anywhere unless your great-grandma had them. So I found oodles and oodles of those kind of sunglasses at Fred's for like four bucks. So I bought like 15 pair, and they'd last like a week or two, and they'd break. But they were, they were grandma women's sunglasses. But they worked. <laughs> I worked, you know, like Paul Kaharski would give me crap for him. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're always going back and forth. You know, Kaharski's doing this and doing that. I'm like, in the sun, I got my sunglasses. And I'm just looking down to write or to whatever on my phone, and I'm fine. So I think he was secretly jealous of me, which is fine. You know, it happens. But, Joanna, yeah, I love sunglasses. Joanna Dubin joining us here uh, <laughs> today. Uh, hey, Joe, so obviously this is a Titans podcast, so maybe we should talk some some Titans. But uh, this is kind of a question we've been asking every guest that we've had on the show. And you obviously, you know, you work in sports. You've worked in sports for a long time. Uh, very opinionated individual. How, where, on what side of the fence do you land with Clowning Watch 2020, do you want Jadavian Clowney to be a Titan next season or not? I, I don't. I, I think he's. I think he's kind of given right, up on let's, things. Let's end this interview right now, Jack. That's tough you, to hear. Jack and I have had no luck finding anyone that wants to Jadavian Clowney to be a Titan. Well, well didn't Vrabel coach him for a year? Vrabel yeah. coached him for you, right? That's the yeah, last year. If your head coach doesn't want you immediately, then what are you waiting on? I mean, what are you waiting on? And so I just think that. Clowney, that, that giving all that money and that he'd probably sit around and rest on his laurels. I, I wouldn't do it. That's $17 million. I would not do it. Then I where would, would you, other than women's glasses, where would you spend that $17 million? <laughs> uh, well, that's a good point. I think the offensive lines, John U. Smith deserves a raise. I think he's going to be a star. I think he's going to be a big-time star. A.J. Brown's going to be a star. Uh, I'm hoping – and, and, like, forgive me here, but – Paying guys that you already have isn't going to win, win the vote of public opinion, I guess. No. People will be upset. But do you think Vrabel cares? You think Vrabel cares what we point. think? That's a good I, I think he does. He's Bill Belichick from that school. He doesn't care. And I think they were going to go out and they got the best players that fit the system. And I think once they get those guys in there, then they will see how they're fit in the locker room, fit with the teammates, no disruptions. I mean, look, who predicted that team last year to go to the AFC Championship game? Nobody. Nobody. They're just a bunch of no names who worked together and worked hard and got the job done. So I just don't think it's I think it's a waste of money. It's great to talk about. I don't think he's gonna bring anything to the table. So do you think the Titans team, the way it's assembled now, is is what they're gonna roll with? You know, obviously they're gonna probably bring in a, a veteran or two once camp cuts come around. Do you think the D line is 
is ready to go, ready for the regular season to, I don't know, possibly bring home an AFC title or AFC South title? Uh, I think they compete for the AFC South. I think, you know, we always laugh at Houston. They always win the division every year. Yeah. So we'll do that. Colts are going to be talented. That's a good team. Jacksonville, I mean, watch out. That beach down there is nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think they're going to win. I mean, as long as Mahomes is doing what he's doing, I, I don't think they're going to – I think Kansas City's the team to beat for a while now. But, you know, can Tannehill do what he did last year? Can Derrick Henry do what he did? I think he can. That offensive line, I mean, that's a – that's a mash unit, that offensive line. That's very underrated in the league. That's a good – they got their act together halfway through last year because he had a quarterback who could make a pass and hit receivers in stride. And, you know, I called a lot of grief for what I said about Mariota. It was a joke, but people got mad at me. I'm like, look, this dude was airmailing passes at camp that were hitting me at the Channel 4 parking lot. So I had a reason to say – this guy was not the quarterback. Tannehill came in, executed it perfectly. I'm a big Art Smith fan, and that defense could get rolling with Jeffrey Simmons up front and a few other guys. I think they got a good team. They got a really good team. And for those who don't, for those who don't know the the joke about Mariota, I actually have it. It was it was said by one Joe Dubin on November the 27th of 2019. The quote, which rubbed some Titans fans the wrong way, was some some <laughs> I would say most. Uh, we're going to call it Mariota because this baby is done. And he was pointing in the direction of a roasted turkey who was indeed done, but referring to the, to the done turkey as Mariota. May, yeah, just, somebody said we need a name for the turkey. The turkey was fried. It was done. I said we're going to call this baby Mariota. We laughed about it. And then, you know, when Peter Jacobson, the golfer, is slamming you on Twitter for that, uh, you know you've done something that's really – and I don't do stuff to like – get me clicks and get me out there because I don't like that stuff. I just like making jokes and it's harmless, you know, but I've heard from a good source inside the locker room that the joke was funny, that they really enjoyed the joke. That's all I'm saying, man. Joe, you said, you said Mariota was airmailing passes hitting you. Do you you ever stop to think that maybe he was, he was hitting the target he was aiming for? It could be. I go back, you know, it's funny. We laugh about that because when the Patriots came here for the dual camp, the two days, Brady carved up the Titans in those drills. I mean, he carved up the Titans up and down the field. And Mariota was sending passes to the other practice field. And I'm talking to the guy I work with, Justin Bees. I'm like, this isn't – they can't go through the season with this guy. They, they can't – I don't know how good Tannehill is, but they can't do this. I mean, Mariota was awful that day in practice, awful that day. And so we kind of knew this was going to come. And in the Denver game, I don't have the stats, but he was awful. And that Denver game, remember he benched the first half? Yeah, so he was off. But look, Mariota's a good dude, uh, big heart, not a leader. Was not a leader for the football team, and that's what that team needed. And Tannehill took it by the reins, and you saw what happened. In, in Mariota's defense, those guys on the other practice field were wide open. So. Dude, they were so wide open, I could have caught those passes. <laughs> so that's, that's what you have. It was funny, the whole time in practice, Vrabel was just – just gushing over Brady. I mean, they've got the relationship. And I never saw one time Vrabel talking to Mariota in those two days. And I was out there all, both practices for two days. We never saw uh, Vrabel talking to Mariota like that, ever. You know, he's talking to Brady, having a good time. After practice, him and Brady are cutting up. It was never that same with Mariota. And I knew then, I was like, this is not his quarterback. And it wasn't. That's crazy. That's So you saw it. You basically – 
saw what I what eventually we all saw in what week seven, uh, week six, week seven. I had two pairs of glasses on. I went like this. I went one, <laughs> and I went two, and I said, "I'm seeing that." There's that's eight dollars at Fred's right there. That was eight. Well, tax like eight forty-five. So okay. yeah, you're right. <laughs> go to go to Fred's for your glasses needs. Fred's is closed. It's closed. They oh, shut them all down. Oh. I was I was pissed. Well, I guess like, our yeah, our yeah. promo code tighten up will no longer work there anymore. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so backup quarterback is a position that obviously came into play last year with Tannehill being elevated to the starting job. And it has in prior seasons as well. Blaine Gabbard had a tight takeover for Mariota in week 17 of the year prior to last in that playing game against the Colts, which the Titans eventually lost. And right. it, it could be argued that backup quarterback was – the backup quarterback position was the difference between making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. Yeah. Do you think that what the Titans have done so far this offseason is enough for the backup quarterback position? Is Woodside the guy that you think they're going to stick with? No, I think they'll go and get somebody else who's got some sort of experience to do that. You can't go – I mean, how are you going to sell it to your team? Logan Woodside, I don't, I don't think you can. I think he's good now for a practice arm, but I think they go out and get a quarterback of some experience. But I think it's known – you know, last year it was – they lied to us and said, Tannehill's coming here to help the team out. He's not – Mariota's our starter. We're like, ah, sure, whatever. We're not going to fall for that. But I think now you come in and say, look, you're not going to play unless Tannehill goes down. Hey, think about it. Does a quarterback make it all 16 weeks? He, he doesn't. So you got to have some sort of experience here to come in there and do that. But the problem is, I don't know who's out there. I don't know what quarterback you can get, quarterback you can bring in with some experience. They got lucky for Tannehill, you know, trading for him. And basically the Dolphins, here's five men to get rid of him. I just don't know any quarterbacks out there who – I'm sure there are who could come step in and do that. They're better than Matt Castle, better than Blaine Gabbert. So we'll, they'll find somebody. They're not going to start the year with just Logan Woodside and Ryan Tannehill. Maybe so Rusty did, did Smith I, comes out of retirement this year. Yeah, Rusty Smith. Did did I hear you correctly, Joe? Did you say Cam Newton's coming to the Titans? Is I did. It from <laughs> from Cammy Watch to Cammy Watch is what we got. Could oh. you imagine they sign both those guys? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I can't imagine if they sign Clowney. I will faint. I, yeah. I, I'm – Jack and I are on team. We're, we're we want Clowney truthers. Yeah, we want. We were the first Clowney truthers. In the yeah, Titan we were the first ones. <laughs> we we started Clowney Watch. I just I don't know what the deal is. Browns, Seahawks, Titans. I don't I don't know. I mean I, I don't know where he ends up. That well, I, Saints, I, I Saints were even thrown into the mix last week, and on Twitter I saw a Twitter source said the Saints could possibly you know be the dark horse. Run, team run with that Twitter source. Yep. Run with that Twitter source. Yeah. <laughs> that will happen. It's confirmed. Clowning to the Saints. Yeah, Joe, there's one thing about this podcast. We run with just about any and every rumor we can get our hands on. So I will, It's funny. You brought up a Cam Newton story. I'll tell you the story real quick. When he was at Florida in 07, my best friend, Western Kentucky, went down to play Florida. And my buddy's – he was offensive line coach. He's walking down the field, and he sees Cam Newton come out. And he tells his graduate assistant, he's like, Who's that guy? That guy's the biggest guy, most athletic guy I've ever seen. Who is he? I mean, we didn't game plan for this guy. Is he somebody that Urban Meyer is sneaking on the field? We didn't know. And they looked and said, oh, by the way, he's the backup quarterback. And my buddy's like, he's the what? Like, he's the backup quarterback. So Cam Newton, he said, was the most physically gifted, built athlete he's ever seen in like 25 years of coaching college football. Just the physical freak of him. And so you saw what Cam did in 2010 for Auburn. He saw what he could do down the line. I think he's done now. I don't think anybody wants him. 
But I always bring up Cam Newton. I always think of that story because he was going after Florida after that year, goes to JUCO, and then lights are rolled on fire in 2010 with Auburn where he had just an unbelievable year. That's what a lot of people said about an old offensive lineman out of McGavick High School. Um, <laughs> Did they ever? Joe <laughs> Dubin, I believe the name was. Yes, Dublin. Dublin. Joe Dublin, yeah, sorry. Good guy. Had a lot good of talent, guy. but didn't have it upstairs. Didn't you have know, it. What um, – you've obviously been in the game. You've been in the media world. I remember I, – no joke, I remember, like, not to age you, Joe – but I remember getting up for grade school and watching Big Joe on the go Thank on you. News Channel 2 back in the day. Yeah. Thank like, you. You've obviously been in the media world. You've been in Nashville for a long time. What's the greatest Titans game you've ever covered? Vince Young, his rookie year when he beat Houston in overtime. Oh, that was a great game. In Houston. In Houston. Yeah. They didn't know. They didn't know. And that's what will always bug me is that – they always use Vince wrong. They always – they wanted to be a, a drop-back passer. He wasn't. And he was the original – he was Russell Cunningham, a Randall Cunningham part two. He was amazing. You could not tackle Vince Young in the open field. I'll go to my grave saying nobody in the NFL could tackle him in the open field. Nobody. So that run in overtime, when he just took off and the pocket collapsed and took off down the field – you know, I'm in the Reliance Stadium press box. It's seven stories up. And you see them closing on him, and he just darts through them all. And that was the most physical, amazing, wonderful, creative, unbelievable, emotional touchdown I've ever seen in pro sports. Because it is a hometown. I mean, he went right to the corner, threw his helmet off, and then won the game. And there was a lot of hoopla with him coming back home. From his at his hometown in Houston, and what he did was just unbelievable. That stands out more than any other game. Wow, that's incredible. That's, that's pretty great. Would you say that that crowd was? How was the? What was the? I guess majority reaction of the crowd when he scored because the, the Texans that year had the first overall pick. A lot of their fans wanted to go with Vince Young. They ended up going with Mario Williams. Right. Was it a sense of kind of were they happy for Vince? Was that a game that, that they were crazy? Happy to yeah. Lose? It went crazy because they knew Vince should have been the quarterback. I don't even remember. It was, was Carr the quarterback in 06? I don't even remember I believe, who it was. I believe it, I believe it was David Carr. Yeah, and they, I mean, you had a chance to get your hometown. I will never understand. You know, Vince just came off the greatest performance in college football history. That game in the Rose Bowl is the greatest performance in college football history. National championship, Rose Bowl, everything that's going on. Let his team being down by double digits. And you don't draft your hometown hero? I just didn't get it. But Vince scoring that touchdown was amazing. I just don't think – there's it's 50-50. They didn't, Vince didn't know what to expect the next level. And I don't think Fisher and them knew how to handle him. And that was a problem because he was an unbelievable talent. I'll never forget going out to – I got an email from a guy at Reebok in 2008. Said, hey, man, a little secret. We're shooting a big Vince Young ad campaign. It's going to come out in Thanksgiving this year, 2008. We want you to come over to the bubble and shoot some video. I'm like, yeah, I'll go over there. And I like was the only guy there from the media. I'm like, I got all this great stuff. And he's like, hey, just save it for a little bit, you know, down when the season starts. And then you could use that and you got exclusive. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And that was the first game of 08 when he had the meltdown with the Jags. And then I'll never forget, I got an email back and that guy said, uh, hey, if you don't mind, we're going to kind of table this Vince Young stuff a little bit. So I was like, man, I had great stuff. They're going to roll out this, Reebok, this huge campaign. And then that was when 
I'll never forget that night when, you know, Vince went missing and everything that happened. I still want to get NFL Films mics up all the coaches. And Jeff Fisher walks over during the game to Vince Young, and they had an exchange for about 10 seconds. And Jeff walked off shaking his head. I always want to know what was said in that 10 seconds. Because you see him walk over, he bends down, Vince says something to him, Jeff says something back, Vince says something back to him, and then Jeff walks off. I'd love to know what they said because it's driving me crazy. Yeah, definitely one of the most mysterious players in Titans history. He, he made a Pro Bowl, but he didn't <laughs> stick around for too long. Is it fair? This is the question. I hear Titans fans throw around the word bust with Vince Young. Is that, is that fair? No, I don't think so. I mean, he spent 06 to 06, so he was here five years. I'll give you a bust here in a second. But he, uh, he spent five years, you know, and he, that always go back to his race, 31 and 19, I think, or 31 and 17 as a quarterback. I mean, that's 31 games more than I won in the NFL. I just don't, I think there was a lot of things that happened that they didn't use him to his best of his ability, and it showed, and then he fizzled out after that. It's a, it's a shame because I think he could have been a star. I really do. And then – if not a quarterback, put him at wing back. Let him get out and do something on the on the uh, on the outside. They never did, man, and I think that was a wasted opportunity. Joe, were you the one who caught his shoulder pads in the stands? Was that you? <laughs> I, they went over my head, and I okay. grabbed like the back part of it. Here's what's funny about that: so he goes into the locker room and has it meltdown. Da da da. So the reporters down in the dungeon at Nissan Stadium couldn't; their phones weren't working. I had a BlackBerry on some weird, like, cricket hybrid T-Mobile service. So my tweets were getting out. So I started trending. It was Vince Young and Joe Dew, or Big Joe on the go. So I started trending. I'm like, yeah, because nobody's tweets got out. But once, like, Jim Wyatt and Koharsi got out, then my, my tweets were gone forever. And all that. I'll just I'll remember that of, like, hey, I'm trending because of what's <laughs> happening right there. But it was – that game against the Redskins was awful. And that team quit. Coaching staff quit. Fisher quit. It was awful. It was an awful, awful day. So where's the that footage that you shot in the bubble that day? Do you like? I have no idea. You don't know. Did, I have, you don't, I have no you idea. Don't still have it? Right I had there. access to everything. It was amazing because they had a green screen. Then they had like four guys with light bulbs on them that you could like animation or like going after Vince and stopping, and he was running through them and all this stuff they had ready to go out and. And they paid millions for this, and it got nowhere. They had to shelve it because his career, and he never returned after that. They were ready to roll it all out, too. Nothing. They, they didn't want to, like, superimpose, uh, like, Billy Volek or someone else in there. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Collins, man. Kevin Daft. Some good guys. Kevin Daft. Yeah. Kevin Daft. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I guess speaking of busts, um, piggybacking off of, of Jack's question, so we, we always ask, every time we have a guest on, and, and really just our listeners, whenever we ask them to interact, we always ask for people's dumpster dives, Titans dumpster dives, because yeah. that helps us give us a better sense of what kind of Titans fan they are. And dumpster dive is essentially a person who you really liked or you thought was going to be great, but they ended up sucking or, and or everyone else just hated them. Um, Jax is uh, Zach Mettenberger. Mine's Tyrone Calico. So, Joe, who is your Titans dumpster dive? So, 2007, first round, the Titans take Michael Griffin. Like, good pick, safety, good guy, can hit people, can play corner, play safety. Like, all right, good. So, we had a list. I was a channel two at the time. We had a, we had a file tape of all these guys, like 70 guys. 
Uh, who are they going to pick in the second round? And they go and they pick this guy named Chris Henry from Arizona. And 5'11", 240, this guy was built. I mean, he was built. And I'm looking at his tape, and I'm like, God, we couldn't find him first. We couldn't find him. We had no file tape of him. <laughs> so word gets out that one of the Titan scouts had saw him and said, this guy, is, he's built like a Greek god. And then somebody within the organization said, well, he didn't really have a good career in football. And the scout said, hey, man, that's not my job. I find him, you coach him. And it's like bizarre. So they take Chris Henry, and he comes in, and he's so mild-mannered. He's so nice. The guy is just stunningly handsome and so nice and, dude, built so good. And he comes in there, and you knew from the first day that he didn't like what? He was hitting the wrong hole. He's running the back of Kevin Mawai. They were arguing. It was bad. My favorite Chris Henry was in camp. My favorite Titans player of all time is Kyle Vandenbosch because he would hit your mom and we didn't care about it. So <laughs> he, he did actually. He he hit Jack's mom. So we try, a, to, we try not to bring that up around. Here. <laughs> there's a play. They're doing a little. And Jim Wyatt remembers this. They're doing eleven on eleven. And Chris Henry breaks through, and he's, he's going. I mean, they're like on the 20. He's going all the way down. So about the 20-yard line on the other end, he's gone about 60, 70 yards. He kind of starts jogging. And out of the corner of my eye, I see number 93 come flying down, flying down, and just knocks the crap out of him, makes him fumble at like the five-yard line. And Vandenbosch gets up and says, I'm like, he cussed. He's like, you never quit. You never quit. You never quit. And he picks the football up. He's still screaming. And Vandenbosch sprints back the other way. And at that moment, he had taken Chris Henry's soul on the practice field. Because Chris Henry jogged back and went to the sideline. And he was never the same after that. I'm not kidding you. He was never the same after that. And I'm looking at this guy thinking, this guy is built. I mean, he's fast. He's strong. He's just not good. And you wanted that guy to succeed so bad because he was so nice, so nice to everybody. But he didn't do it, man. He just didn't – he wasn't good. You know, you it's – I was, I was going to say, I think, I think you kind of resemble KVB if you would pop in some red contacts. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, you got – you've got – I'm picking up some major KVB vibes. Yeah, we're about the same thing, yeah. <laughs> I got my horse behind me that I tame in the backyard. We yeah. do all that. But Chris Henry's my guy. He's the one that I thought would, would be the one that would really like, man, this guy's good. You know, because at the time, all they had was Lindell White. And then let me start on Lindell White. And then next year, they draft Chris Johnson. And next thing, it's – and you know what CJ did after that. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he plotted to murder two people. <laughs> yeah, what was up with that? Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly of all the stories to come out of nashville this year and there's been some weird ones there's been some wild just things happening in nashville was that the weirdest i know it didn't happen in nashville but with one of nashville's own all i saw was that chris henry tweeted out he quote tweeted and said y'all wrong and that's all he put on his tweet (laughs) some sporting news stories that y'all know what i'm sold (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's all we needed to hear, man. He's good to go. There's nothing going on with him there. But that was just a completely bizarre, bizarre story with Chris Johnson. You know, they came back to the alumni game in 2018, and uh, Lindell White was on the field and Chris Johnson. And Lindell White, I'll tell you what, he's funny, and he was funny that day. But that dude was um, – yeah, he was having a good time there at the Titans game, before and after. Love tequila. That's his yeah. thing. 
you know, Lindell was another one they drafted in 06 who goes to his pro day, gets up and says, nah, I don't want to run. And they still took him in the second round. They could have had Devin Hester. That's so weird because with Lindell's physique, he looks like a guy who loves to run. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? It just, I just don't get it, man. I don't get it at all. Then he got traded in 2010 to the Seahawks, and uh, he lasted a couple weeks with Pete Carroll, and he was done after that. That's another just head-scratching draft choice. You know, Titans have done really good fifth round and on. Yeah. You know, they got Colin Finnegan. They got Bo Scaife. Uh, David Stewart, they got guys the fifth round. They've done really good that part of the draft. It's just like first through fourth they've having trouble with. Logan yeah, Woodside? AAF. That's the first AAF guy they, they really brought in, right? In well, who was the guy from uh, from Oklahoma they drafted in 03? Uh, God, he was terrible. Wolfolk? No. Rock, Rocky? Rocky Boyman? <laughs> Rocky Boyman. The guy who was their first-round draft choice in 03 was terrible and from Oklahoma. was not good at oh. all. Oh, was that Kalmus? Rocky Kalmus? No, not Rocky Kalmus. I'm going to – if you got a computer, you was can look him up. Rocky Balboa? <laughs> not Rocky Balboa. It's Rocky the uh, – Rocky, not Rocky and Bullwinkle. What's his name from Oklahoma? He lasted a couple of years here, then went to the Jets. He was terrible. It was Andre Wolfolk, first-round. Andre Wolfolk, that's it. That guy was <laughs> awful. Awful. <laughs> And the pick behind him was obviously Tyrone Calico, everyone's favorite. And he, he may – Austin says this all the time. He may pop off this year. This I, Joe, I'm still holding out hope that Tyrone Calico is going to come back and, and be good for the Titans. Like, I still, hey, I still think he might – he has it in him. So, remember when he got arrested for having sex down in the Gulch or whatever? Oh, remember? <laughs> How did you forget it? <laughs> yeah. <was> there. <laughs> so, the old joke was like, hey, Fisher told him to score more, but on the field <laughs> – that was this awful joke that we all had. <laughs> Calico was another guy built like a you-know-what house. Man, that and guy was amazing. Calico still has uh, – I want to say he's top three all-time fastest times, 40 times at the at the Combine. Is he? Yeah, still. Like, he's, if he's not top three, he's top five or something. It's Wow. It's insane. And when 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 – I saw that. First of all, you know, obviously he's a middle Tennessee state grad. So, yeah. you know, you kind of get excited. You're like, oh, cool. You know, like a local guy is, you know, doing well and, and doing well at the combine. And then the Titans draft him and you're like, oh, yes, I'm getting my Calico jersey. And, and you know, everyone was like, this is going to be the rookie of the year. And uh, spoiler alert, he was not the rookie of the year. No. He was not. But, you know, the Cowboys game, he came down and that – Awful turf at Cowboy Stadium, and he hurt both knees. Roy Williams pulled him down awkwardly. And so that was the thing, man. They Number 87 for a while, because David Gibbons had the number after Calico. Right. And he hurt his knee in a way that I've never heard again. Like, he hurt a nerve that supported another nerve that lived on the other side of town on the other ligament that ran blood through the knee. I mean, it was awful. His injury was awful. And he was done. Is that number cursed for the Titans? So you had Gibbons, you had Calico. Was Mari Mariana wearing eighty-seven when yeah, he ripped, broke his foot, whatever it was? Yeah, in twenty eleven, that awful injury. So wow. eighty-seven was a bad, bad number for a while. Eric Decker, uh, he he had a case of the drops. He did. Yeah. He had a case oh. of the wife tweeting too. Oh, <laughs> that was the, that was the worst case of them all. You know how Cowboys, how Jerry Jones in the Cowboys have number 88 as, as this prestigious wide receiver number, you know. I find it funny that the Titans' is 87 number is a number that you stay away from at all costs. 
Who was 87 last year for them? I don't for know the if they had an 87 last year. They, the, the receivers were Sharp, who wore 19. You had uh, Corey Davis, who wears 84. A.J. Brown, 11. I don't know that they had an 87. Right. I think because they up that, did that rule where you don't have to wear all 80s. You can wear yeah. uh, Great 10 rule. to 19. That, well, that's why they went to the AFC Championship. There's no 87 to hold them back, you know? Yeah, because Decker I, was gone. That worked not, out perfect for them. And no, nobody looked this up, but I'm pretty sure Algie Crumpler, when he, when he fumbled on the five-yard line against the Ravens, I think, that, I think he was wearing 87 to, for that play. Can you look that up? Because that would be solid. He, I, he's at least an honorary. Oh, my – or 80, is it 83 or 87? Please look that up. Yeah, it was – it was definitely 87. Don't even – we don't even have to look at it. It's, <laughs> it's funny because that game was January of 2009. The, the, like the three days before that at Channel 2, we had all sat around and said, hey, where are we going to stay in Tampa when they go to the Super Bowl? We're like, hey, let's stay here, stay there, because they had beaten the Steelers. They were the best team in the league. They were rolling. They were 13-3. and I know they lost that last game to the Colts up there. We're thinking, this team's going to go. Then CJ gets hurt. Crumpler fumbles at the five, and it was over. Yeah, that's the that's the year of the curse of the terrible towel when Lindale right. White and Keith Bullock were stomping on the terrible towel on the sidelines and they went on to lose I think eight games in a row or some odd number. It was awful. That's right. Because then they lost the first six of two thousand nine. Yep. Opening game was up there in two thousand nine. The Steelers beat them. Yeah, I've got the Wikipedia pulled up. Algie Crumpler wore number eighty three for most of the season, but prior to the play where he fumbled on the five yard line, switched to eighty seven. That's I it. don't know why he would switch numbers mid-game, but that's that's what Wikipedia is. Is that Wikipedia? Solid. Yeah. It's done then. Yeah. Exactly Wikipedia right. is the modern-day Microsoft Encarta. Like, it's it's bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We threw away all of our fucking Wagnalls, and I'm like, we got Wikipedia here, man. I got it on my phone. I don't need it anymore. Joe, before we let you go, um, I got to ask you, when it comes to Nashville media, would you say you're the greatest tweeter of them all? Uh, yeah, got to be Mount Rushmore at very least, right? I would. You know, it's just having fun with it. You know, I mean, Dimitri Kalidimos. Let's be. I mean, she had her her heyday on on Twitter. She didn't get out of the second round. I mean, she was upset by Belmont, so she didn't get out to the second round. Couldn't make it there, but it's just. I learned a long time ago. Let's just have fun with things, man. You know, you get your political discourse anywhere. I'm not going to give it to you. And just have fun with people and. And do all that. My favorite, you know, there's a favorite people like the Iron Sheik. I love getting under his skin a little bit. Uh, Kim Kardashian was fun for a long time. Oh, yeah. How are things with you and Kim? Are Good. you guys? Today was the five year anniversary of her uh, coming to Nashville. I don't know if you were here then in 2015. I was not. All right, well, actually, no, I was living there. That was right before I moved. Yeah. And so she shut down downtown. I mean, there were 20,000 people down yeah. there. I'd never seen that before for a girl who became famous off a sex tape and people were downtown just going crazy. That was five years ago today. And Ian, Ian Rappaport's one of those guys as well, right? Don't, don't you always typically use a line on so, Rappaport's tweets? So we had him on 102.5 The Game, Ian, and he was so rude on the phone and everything. So it just got under my skin. And I never thought anything more of that. And then we had Frank Caliendo came in and he started imitating all those guys. And it just stuck with me like, all right, so Frank is making fun of Rappaport. I can't too. Then I started doing, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's funny how many people did not get what I was doing with that at all. So I met Rappaport when he had Titans camp. We were talking, and uh, he was still rude. My favorite, though, was Albert Breer. I would always 
sent him a tweet for years called Albert Beer. I mean, I probably sent him 10,000 replies that said <laughs> Albert Beer. That's all it was. So he's probably thinking, who is this lunatic in Nashville sending me Albert Beer tweets every time that he would tweet? That was so much fun. But that's the old Twitter account that's slowly sinking to the bottom of the Atlantic and that maybe uh, Leonardo and Kate Winslet can have a movie about my Twitter account. But no yeah, longer. We'll send, we'll send Bill Paxton, rest in peace, down there to, uh, to get it for you. Oh, ouch. Well, <laughs> him and uh, that, that bearded funny guy and, uh, and the rest of the crew. Hey, J- <laughs> Joe, uh, is, the, is the Joe Dubin show still on the air? Are you still the lead into uh, the Aaron Solomon show? I am from two okay. to three. Yeah. All right. Two to three. Crazy Charlie. <laughs> Crazy, Crazy Charlie. Charlie on the board. All Crazy right. Charlie. He'll have your top of the hour update and traffic report. So. <laughs> uh, he is Joseph the Rock Dubin. Literally oh, God. A legend. Jack, did you have anything for the, uh, for the road? Yeah, I was just going to say, Joe, um, we're going to call this interview Mariota because this baby's done. <laughs> there it is. Oh, man. There it is. Here come the emails, Jack. <laughs> Joe, thanks so much, man. All right, boys. Thank you. You bet. Be good. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Hashtag, oh, Joe, Joe. I, <laughs> I love Joe Dubin. That dude is so much fun. And just like the stories about Vince Young and women's sunglasses. <laughs> and his, his, yeah, his affinity for women's. I'm glad you got to the bottom. That was investigative journalism at its finest, right yep. there, Jack. It Great sure question was. with that. It's right. Yeah, and uh, it seems like sunglasses seem to be a some weird trend in Joe Dubin's life at this stage. The the Ray Ban scandal of 2020 also occurring on his Twitter feed. So yeah. Maybe it's maybe, something with that guy in sunglasses. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe one. Maybe that's why Fred's is no more. And maybe that's why he got hacked by Ray Ban because he was going to Fred's for his sunglass needs. You know, Ray Ban oh. was like, "Well, screw this. We're gonna hack your Twitter account." I like that. No, that's a good take. We we could maybe do some deep dive investigating <laughs> on that. If we we are we already got this far into the investigation. Give him a follow on Twitter at Big Joe on the go TN. So his old Twitter account was at Big Joe on the go. His new Twitter account is at Big Joe on the go TN. He's a, trust me, he's a great follow. Much like we tell you, you know, if you're a Tennessee sports fan, you need to be following A to Z sports. If you're a Tennessee sports fan, you also need to be following Big Joe on the go. He's just funny and he's a barrel of laughs and don't take anything he says too seriously because he, he doesn't. So with with all that said, um, defensive coaches uh, met with the media today, and it, personally, I was looking for like some news of one of them to like kind of stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to be the one calling plays next oh year. Oh my god, please! Like this is this is becoming clowny watches play calling watch, right? So right. we don't know if it's going to be ha- Jim Hazlitt who was just brought in this off season, or if it's going to be Rabel. We don't know if it's going to be shared. No one has owned it. In fact, they said we don't have to call a play till mid-August, so right. we'll worry about it, that when that comes. Which is, they know who's calling plays. They're not right. fooling anyone. And I think I saw it was either Mike Herndon or Paul Kaharski, or maybe it was a Twitter conversation between the two of them talking about the possibility of splitting the play calling up to where one guy handles inside the red zone, another guy handles another uh, part of the field, which. 
I guess I'm okay with. I, honestly, I just don't want Vrabel in charge of calling the defense. Like, as a head coach, like obviously he's going to have a hand in it somehow, but I I just don't want him solely to be the defensive coordinator of this team. And I'm hoping that one of these new defensive coaches can be the guy. Now, do we trust those guys? You know, like a uh, Jim Hazlitt, like we've, we've kind of seen his track record as, as a coach in the NFL. It hasn't been, you know, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. It hasn't been like dominant teams here and there that he's worked with, but I just don't want that, that, as a head coach, you have so much on your plate to begin with. I don't want even more added to uh, to Vrabel's plate. That's yeah. that's where that's essentially my take. I'm I'm kind of on on that side with uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Last year, Dean Pease was the the man who was in charge of play calling. That was it. It was Dean Pease's game. Everyone else back off. They compared Jim Hazlitt to Dean Pease today in the sense of a personality and the type of coach he was. So maybe that's a slight hint that Hazlitt's definitely going to have a hand in this, which I would assume he would. Vrabel does have a ton on his plate. Last year, he didn't call plays on defense, and they got to the AFC championship game. So do they need Vrabel to call plays? No. I just hope that whatever they start with, that they are able to finish Week 17. That's the way they ran it. Vrabel never got overwhelmed. You don't want to overwhelm Vrabel early to where they have to make a midseason change in play calling because that right. throws a wrench in everything. Right, and yeah, it throws. I mean, and it, it's not easy for the players to to have to deal exactly. with exactly. But uh, they so they they hit on play calling watch, but they also hit on clowny watch. And one of the one of the quotes that I saw was outside linebacker coach Shane Bowen was asked about Jadavian Clowney. And he said, get this, see if, see, if, see if you can pick up this nugget. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> well, that makes three of us, right? <laughs> that makes at least three of us. I don't Stop think any of us know either. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Nashville banner, Nashville scene, uh, Tennessee, and stop the presses, guys. We've got breaking news here. Outside linebackers coach Shane Bowen says, I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, that's, is it? That's literally like my brain every time I wake up in the morning. It's just, it's just wondering, what the hell is this kid going to do today? And that's, I guess, what Shane Bowen's thinking is, what the hell is Jadavian Clowney going to do today? Is he going to come? I don't know. I, I To me, that, that quote's a little damning to Shane Bowen because, let's be honest, like, Jack, you and I – you know, obviously we're in the weeds with this Jada Van Clowney to Tennessee talk. And we have been since, since March, honestly, I think we've been in this for, for years, even before we, you and I ever even, we were born into this. Yeah. I was born wondering if, if Jada Van Clowney was one day going to be a Tennessee Titan. Um, they're like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? They're like, I, I don't know, but it's a curious Titans fan wondering if, uh, <laughs> Jada Van Clowney's coming. No. So Shane, Shane Bowen, he says, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like this isn't a knock at Shane Bowen. Cause you know, I love the guy. He's obviously the Titans coach. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pro Shane Bowen, but everyone has an idea of what's going to happen. Jadavian Clowney is going to pick one of the 32 NFL teams and play for that team. So like you have at least some shred of an idea and it's probably going to be the, the Titans 
maybe the New Orleans Saints, maybe the Cleveland Browns, maybe the Seahawks. It's got it's probably going to be even really one of those four teams. So you ever we all have it at least some sort of an idea, right? Am I crazy? You have to have at least one eighth of an idea just based off right. of those teams. You know, yeah. So that is that is concerning. We need an outside linebackers coach. This is what I would have done. Shane Bowen may be the best outside linebackers coach we've ever had. I want to hire this. Is, first question I would have asked the outside linebackers coach when he came in for an interview: Do you have an idea of what Jadavian Clowney is going to do this offseason? <laughs> that's because that's the only question that matters, right? Okay, Vic Beasley's here. Yeah. That's great. But yeah, instead of like, where, where do you see yourself in five years? It's where do you see Jadavian Clowney in five months? <laughs> <laughs> and you're hired based on your answer. Oh man. All right. Uh, I guess another quick tidbit uh, I want to hit on the NFL came out today and said that they told teams that they must stay at their own sites during training camp this year. Which is fine, like it's like that's news that you kind of just sweep under the rug as an NFL fan. It's like, okay, what do I care? But it's terrible news in the home and in the really awkward video game housed home of Mike Vrabel, who is not going to be able to get his awkward bro hugs with Tampa Brady this year, which is kind of sad um, for him. And I, I, my heart goes out to him. my thoughts and prayers go out to the Vrabel household as Tom Brady will not make a trip up to Nashville or the Titans can't make a trip down to Tampa for training camp, but well, they will for the Super Bowl. Ooh, nice. There. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So you think of it this way, Vrabes, you're, you'll be able to bro hug. You'll get your bro hug. You'll get your bro hug. It's going to be around late January, early February. And you're either going to be covered in Gatorade or it's going to be the saddest moment of your life. I don't know. It's going to be one of those two. Yeah. Or the saddest moment of your penis's life. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's news. I feel like we just had to hit on that. Um, there's really like news is so slow right now. We're obviously we're scraping the bottom of the barrel, but I did see this tweet from a Titan fan, Tizzy Myron at underscore notorious, notorious, but it's t- notorious is spelled N O T O R Y O U S. That's a great Twitter. It's a handle. tough, it's a tough word. Yes. Uh, so Tizzy, Tizzy just tweeted and he said, who y'all, who y'all think is winning a bench pressing competition between at King Henry underscore two and at Brown one Arthur. So obviously the question is who's winning a bench pressing competition between Derek Henry and Arthur Brown. <laughs> Arthur Brown. Uh, Arthur well, Brown. Well, Arthur Brown had 19 reps in the combine last year on the bench. So it's not like he he's bad at the bench press. Obviously, he's better than me, even though it would probably be pretty close. I am um, 190 pounds soaking wet. So that so so AJ, it's, look, he's at a clear disadvantage. Derrick Henry's going to be favored in this. You go to you go down to Vegas. They put a line on it. Derrick Henry's going to be sitting somewhere around minus seven thousand. You know. It's, it's, it's AJ Brown just doesn't stand much of a chance. Yeah. But I, you know, and I, that is a great point. And I love that you, you actually, you, you, you did your, your homework on this, but AJ Brown, all I need to do is show you that photo of him and DK Metcalf with their shirts off before, uh, before the season <laughs> or before the uh, combine last year. That right there tells me he could probably bench press up there with anyone. Now, with that said, what are they benching? I think is the important question. Are Ooh. they benching like a, 
are, are they benching Jaguars players? Because in that case, nobody's beaten Derrick Henry. Well, if you're benching quarterbacks, I, I think still Derrick Henry would have, well, they'd be tied, wouldn't they? They've only seen one benched quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I think so. They, they are tied. I'm trying to think. Yeah, was there anyone? I mean, uh, I mean, came, Gabbert, maybe? Does that well, count? Oh, uh, true. Uh, well, Henry came far before AJ, but he also came after Mariota. So Mariota was already implemented there. He was hurt a yeah. lot. Well, Mariota was – oh, well, that was the first year when Wizenhunt benched him. I think uh, – I, I mean, they're tied from last year. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> I All I know is that I would not want to be in the same gym as these guys when they're doing a bench pressing competition. Like I – I'm one of those people who like drives down the road and sees someone running and I just, I just feel guilty and ashamed. You know, like I just look down at my stomach with like the drizzles of ice cream on it. And I'm just like, Oh gosh, like that's, I'm not, I am not like, I just feel bad about myself. So to imagine those two humans who are literally just specimens, they are, they are so like, the statue of David thinks these guys are ripped. And if that to see them like go at it in a bench pressing competition would just suck the life out of me. I would be so yeah. depressed. These guys make the statue of David look like a wet sock. These guys, <laughs> no, wet I, sock. You, you watch, you watch Derek Henry. He posts his Instagram stories just about every day of, yeah. him, of him just getting after it. And I can't help but think, Oh my God, Derek Henry, please don't overwork yourself. Please don't get hurt. Like uh, maybe that's just me being like, you know, you know how like a, a, a mama bear like loves to protect yes. their cubs. Right. I, I like I like that, but like I'm like the mama fan, and I'm protecting like the best player on the team. Maybe maybe I have like a, a mother's instinct like that. You know? Yeah. That oh, was, you, am, it, I the, I, am I the mother of the Titans fan base? Yeah. Well, we're 13 episodes deep into this podcast, and that's one thing I have picked up on you. You do have a motherly instinct about you. I need to do some self reflecting and figure this out. <laughs> All right. Hey, send us what you think, uh, who would win. And I, that's a great question. So shout out to at underscore notorious Tizzy Myron for, um, sending that or just tweeting that into the, the ethos. Like that's a, that's a fantastic question. And if you have an, an idea, um, send us an email at tighten up pod, uh, at a to Z sports, Nashville.com. It's Tighten up pod at a to Z sports, Nashville.com. And speaking of that email address, Jack, we have an email that I want to get to this week. Woo! And this email comes from Eldon English. He Thank writes, and I quote, great pod guys, really enjoying the lightness of it. Love the, love the ending song you play, but have no clue how to find it. I know he had several good ones back in the day, like the Bruce is loose in Tennessee and the SEC is better than the Big Ten. Can't find any of them now, though. Um, and then he has uh, that. That's the first part of his email. He has he has a little more. I'm going to first uh, answer that. Um, for, to be honest with you, I don't remember how the song at the end of the podcast. I don't remember where it came from. Um, I, I want to say maybe YouTube. But uh, all I know is I love it. <laughs> and I just, I, I, it, and it, and that song every week when we get done with this podcast and, you know, we edit it all together and we post it, I, 
that song is stuck in my head for the next three days, every <laughs> single week. And I've, I'll find myself walking around my house just saying, they're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> it is catchy. It is catchy. That, that was a good find by you. Uh, uh, you're, you're the end song guy, so the secret's out. Austin created the end song. Maybe, maybe Austin... May- Let's should we just yeah, say that, that's, that's that's me on a just an acoustic guitar in my own. It was my it was Austin Huff guest playing with Mickey Ryan's band, and that's, that's how right. Yeah. Was created. yeah, it may sound like it's just an acoustic sesh, but it's actually there's a whole bass, uh, like there's a band led by a bass guitarist, and it's Mickey Ryan. So shout out to Uncle Mickey um, there. Cool. But yeah, sorry, cool. Eldon, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Eldon, I don't have a better answer for you. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I would just check YouTube. Just maybe just search Titan song. I don't know. Should um, we give Eldon a nickname? I feel like we always give it. Uh, uh, Eldon doesn't really make, it doesn't really have no, a name to it. No, you're right. Um, uh, uh, what about W Den? Because like the Titans used to be bad. So instead of Eldon, we'll go W Den. W Den. Let's go. <laughs> That's it. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, okay, so Eldon's email or Wden's email continues. Uh, he has a remember the Titan for us, which we will get to here in just a second. Uh, his remember the Titan. Oh, these are good. Andre Dyson and Peter Sermon. And then he also writes, "If I did a coach, it would be Norm Chow. Norm oh, Chow. Oh man, that Norm hurts. Chow. That's a great." That is a great remember. We should add Titans to the remember the type Titans. You're anyway. saying coaches? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. We should add coaches um, to it because that we would, we would come up with so many good ones. They've had a ton of knuckleheads walk through that building too. Norm yes. Chow, you had high hopes, right? Cause there was already an established USC connection between Norm Chow and Jeff Fisher. And then the 06 draft rolled, rolled along and you all, everyone thought, Oh, Matt Leinert, for sure. That's how they're doing oh, it. question, yeah. But Adams just lays on the table, takes his shirt off. <laughs> Vince Young, let's go. Classic, but, bud. Norm, yeah, Norm Chow's a good one. Um, Peter Sermon's a real good one, the linebacker. Yeah. And Andre of, Dyson, too. Andre Dyson was always, like, he was so much fun because we're like, wait, you mean Kevin's brother? Like, oh, there's no way. Like, <laughs> he's going to be great. And then he was like, he was, he was all right. You have that. We have, we have a question on Twitter who's the best corner of all time? And I think we left it up to McCordy, Finnegan, Samari Roll, and Logan Ryan. Then you have like the next batch. And that's where Andre Dyson kind of fits in, right? Yeah. 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 I, I would agree. Yeah. He was a first rounder out of Utah, I believe. Um, so that's a good one. He also has a dumpster dive here Javon Ringer and Antoine Odom. And he says, uh, uh, and, he says his all-time NFL dumpster dive for me was Maurice Claret. That's a good one. Maurice Claret, mm-hmm. obviously like after didn't he come out as like a freshman or or well, he had the didn't he ha, wasn't he the one that sold the memorabilia under Jim Tressel? Yes, yeah, he got into some like legal issues or something. Yeah. To where oh, to where he had to like sit out or something, right? And then he went into the pros like he was suspended for his sophomore year. Yeah, he. I think he had two. I'm reading this here, two counts of aggravated robbery. He turned himself turned himself in January second as the Ohio State Buckeyes were defeating Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl in Tempe. You you wonder if he was watching that game and he said, "Oh, we we have this in the bag. I'll just yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just go ahead and watch the fourth quarter from jail." 
<laughs> no, you know what it was? That was that was the um that was the day um Brady Quinn's sister was dating AJ Hawk, and I think they're now married. And they kept cutting to her in the stands, and she was wearing one of those hideous, god awful half Notre Dame, half Ohio State jerseys. Oh, and I so to do those. Besides, just right, just the sight of that made Maurice Claret say, "You know what? I'm turning myself in. I can't I'm, take this any longer." <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Eldon Eldon says thanks for the entertainment, uh, and he signs it Eldon English Shrike one one three on Twitter. So uh, give give our guy Eldon a follow. Eldon, thanks so much, man. That was uh, yeah, that was great. Stuff. Great email. He he hit all the bases there. Um, well, you you were talking about jerseys, and I brought up jail. I just have this this random question just popped into my brain. Worst uniforms: orange like, jumpsuits or the Jaguars of the mid two thousand. <laughs> I will say this: the Jaguars jerseys now, Jaguars uniforms now. They are. I, I actually. And They're don't, tell anyone, They're don't tell anyone I said this, but I kind of like them. Yeah. Especially once they got rid of the two-tone and the helmet and the, and they just cleaned up their uniforms. Like they look pretty good. But to answer your question, without question, the Jaguars well, jerseys of the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were those were awful. Like those I wouldn't – David Garrard days, oh, man, they made him look bad. Right. AD, you had Fred Taylor running in those. They had so many good players come through there. And, yeah, they had to wear those, those trash bags. Oh. Like I would not – I would not wish my worst enemy to wear those. And the Jaguars are my worst enemy. So I just wish they never wore Wish she would have never worn <laughs> Simple as that. All right. So it's the time of the week. Each week, remember the Titan. Um, it's our chance to just remember old Titans of the past. And it's, um, it's it, yeah, it's, it's everyone's favorite bar game. Remember that guy. But we just put a Titan spin on it. And um, Jack, I'll go ahead and go first, just because I know that this is a guy that's near and dear to your heart as a big Ole Miss guy. Oh yeah. But uh, my remember the Titan this week is Michael Orr. Now I figure, like, if our segment is called mm-hmm. "Remember the Titan," we should take it to another football movie. That being Friday Night Lights. No, I'm kidding. That being the yeah, blind side. <laughs> and Sandy Bullock with a performance of a lifetime. Oh, Academy Award winning performance by old Sandy. Out of uh, out of Briarcrest High School is yeah. or Briarcrest Christian School is where Michael Orr played college football. Yeah, Sandy won the uh, the the Academy Award for that movie, and Ed Orgeron was robbed out of the Academy Award for that movie. <laughs> Ed Orgeron, <laughs> classic Ed Orgeron. Add Houston Nutt to that list. When that movie came out, people were still like thinking Ed Orgeron was kind of a joke because his stints at you know his stint at Ole Miss was pretty bad, and just his his head coaching stints before that. Who yeah. would have thought then that now he'd be a national championship winning head coach? Fun fact about Michael Orr at Briarcrest: I believe Hugh Freeze was his high school football coach there. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, I think so. I think it was like high school football and like women's volleyball or something is what he coached. So <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, you just you do the math on your own there. But, yeah, <laughs> so Hugh Freeze and Michael Orr kind of ran in a weird circle of life. Yeah, and Michael Orr, to me, he is in an elite club of Tennessee Titans to where if you said their name, you would forget that they were ever even Titans. Um, because, like, when I think of Michael Orr, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. He was a Titan, wasn't he? The, and to me, there's there's a whole list of guys like that, like Andre Johnson. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. a Titan, wasn't he? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was our starting quarterback. Eric Decker's a good one. Eric Decker, yeah, it's a great one. Uh, Eric Moulds. 
another, yeah. you know, everyone remembers him with the bills, but yeah, he also, David Gibbons, another one. Uh, well, not Randy Moss. We all remember Randy Moss, the greatest receiver in Titans history. Oh yeah. Uh, but like I, I was even thinking maybe Kevin Carter on that list. I obviously like he had a good, good run with the Titans. So it's not as much as those well, other guys. You're right. There's a, there's a lot of those guys. There's a ton. Michael Orr may have been the, the most famous one to, uh, what are you, the most famous free agent acquisition that the Titans not not good, yeah. not high profile, but uh, I guess he's just. I the, mean, the fame around the movie did it well. Well, and at that time, the Titans were not, and we've talked about this before. The Titans don't get the big splash free agents; they no, don't, which is one of the reasons good. why we're so pro Jadavian Clowney. But yeah, that's they. So when when they brought in Michael Orr, like Titans fans were excited just for the fact that it was like, oh hey, a name that we actually know, like someone we know, like this is exciting and. So yeah. Michael Orr is my remember of the Titan this week. Mine is a defensive back. He was drafted out of Hawaii in the third round of 2009. His name is Ryan Mouton. He's a cornerback that, that was only in town for three years. Spot started. Special teams was kind of the nickel guy. Um, never did a lot. Defended three passes his whole career. He did for his fumble. But Ryan Mouton out of Hawaii – the Titans went with Cole McDonald, another Hawaii yeah. player this year, the seventh round quarterback. So hopefully he lasts a little longer than Mouton. But I kind of want to take this to the 2009 draft because this is one of the most interesting drafts. I'll, <laughs> I'll just go ahead and read you all the names from. Oh no, do, do I do I want to know this? Well, you, this this draft is obviously the Kenny Britt draft, right? Yeah, Kenny Britt, uh, the 30th pick overall, round one. Um, then then you have. Cinderic Marks. You remember the big DT out of NC State, which oh, yeah. they went Laryl Murchison, the big DT out of NC State this year. I don't know. This hopefully these drafts aren't the same. Yeah, yeah maybe this is like a makeup. This is like a makeup draft. This past draft that the Titans just had is makeup for this past year. They're like, well, we kind of swung and missed with a few of these guys. It's like tired and wired. Tired. Titans 2009 <laughs> yeah. draft. Wired. Titans 2020 draft. And then you go to Jared Cook in the third round. He was great. Mouton as well in the third. Gerald McGrath is there in the fourth. Javon Ringer in the fifth. The Jason McCourty draft was in the sixth. So there's a lot of weird names that really didn't pan out, but some that did. I don't know. It was very I, I can't. I can't remember if I ever did this. I think I did him as a remember the Titan one week. But Javon Ringer, low key, he's 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 one of my. Uh, he's a dumpster dive for me. Javon Ringer I, walked before David Fluell, or so that David Fluell could run. <laughs> I legit thought Javon Ringer was going to be awesome because I, <laughs> I, 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 I did watch him a lot in college and I loved him in college, Michigan state, I believe. Um, uh-huh. and I like, he was so good and he was small and he was compact. And I was like, Oh my gosh, here we go. Like, this is, this is the Titans guy. Like this is a speedy back that they're, they, they need. And he would return kicks. He'd have a good, good kick return in the preseason every now and then you're like, Oh, I want him on the roster. Yeah, let's just Man. say like Ringer. Ringer went the way of Grantland, if we will. <laughs> After a few years, he was dead. <laughs> That's great. That's actually a plus. Yeah, so I'm gonna, right. I went with Mouton. I mean, yeah, it, it, you're you're a true Titans fan if you know who who Ryan Mouton is, <laughs> yes. right? Right. Those were the dark days. And if you are a true Titans fan, be sure to give us a follow at Titan Up Pod on Twitter at Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. 
And uh, if you want to interact with the show at all, please feel free to email us, tightenuppod at a to z sportsnashville.com. Uh, you can hit up Jack on Twitter at Jack A Gentry. Jack's very funny on Twitter. I, I highly encourage it. Um, I am at Austin Huff on Twitter. We love interacting with you guys. Whenever you guys hit us up uh, about the podcast and stuff, it's it's always a thrill for us. And we always we always try and uh, get back to you guys too. So um, start the conversation on there. And uh, for all things sports and Tennessee sports fandom, hit up A to Z Sports on Twitter, Instagram, literally all of the socials. Um, I know Zach Bingham's been doing a, uh, he's been running through the Titan season on NFL Blitz, and that's been fun to watch. So um, check it all out, all the fun stuff that they're doing there. A lot of cool stuff going down. We've got we've got some things in the works coming up that we're really excited about, so right. we're excited to hear with you guys. Um, but yeah, so follow for that. Jack, uh, anything for the road? I'll just add you guys, it's been a tough week. Be safe, be strong, keep fighting the good fight and tighten up yeah yeah remember we're all two-tone blue fans you know that's <laughs> let's just let's just try and love each other i was trying to be profound and that was really dumb uh, so i'll just end it <laughs> all right hey with all of that said until next week tighten up they're the tennessee titans they're the tennessee titans they'll keep on fighting all the way Tad.